Are you ready to experience Vertigo? Because 99th episode is going to Vertigoville. I wish that there was a little more technical info in it. Because they explain some technical info, but it's very top level. Yeah. So I ran a poll on the Justice League thing because I was thinking, um, I was wondering how, like, kind of really how people reacted. And it kind of coincided with what we were talking about last time. The majority of people just were indifferent. They didn't care about seeing it. Um, but, I mean, it wasn't like a vast majority. It was like a but little. Back up, back up. What? We need to explain your, your scientific methods here now. Like, I don't know. Was this a, anything. A, a Twitter poll? Yeah, a Twitter poll. Okay, all right. So, so completely unscientific. Well, I'm assuming that everybody listening, all three of them, follow me on Twitter because otherwise, how Probably. do they know? And they all tweet yeah. me afterwards, like your show sucks. Um, mm, no, not yeah. really. Um, well, they, they always <laughs> tell me I'm great. I don't. I mean, so that's strange. Well, I'm glad your mom tweets you about the show. <laughs> yes, yes. Thanks, uh, mom. <laughs> no, so I, I ran a Twitter poll and I just said, um, yeah, I'm curious what my friends' thoughts are on the Justice League Snyder Cut, and the options I gave were I loved it. Uh, I didn't like it, or I'm indifferent. And it's kind of funny because everybody can interpret. Like, I actually had somebody ask, "Where's I didn't watch it?" I'm like, "Well, that's I'm indifferent. If you indifferent. didn't watch it, you <laughs> yeah. probably don't care about watching it." And they kind of took that a little bit differently. Like, as I saw it, but I'm just kind of indifferent afterwards. But it, anyways, like the way it fleshed out is a little bit more than half of people were indifferent. Uh, the majority of the rest liked it. And it was only a few people of the ones that responded that watched it and did not like it. That's mm. that's kind of what I really felt like it would be like because, you know, my thoughts were everybody that was loud about it that made it such an annoying thing for people who didn't really care was like just like a loud minority. And I'm not talking about people who watched it and liked it and just were positive about it. I'm talking about all the people who were like, you know, every other person who ever made a DC movie is garbage. Everything should be, you know. We yeah, about that a bit. Mm-hmm. the Snyder uh, Bros. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So they they created this seeming dynamic of it's like either you love it and you know it's the best thing ever, or you think it's garbage and you're so anti it. And in reality, it's just like a lot of people loved it. More people were indifferent, and very few people like felt strongly the other way because like if you don't love it and you don't care, like why would you hate it? So I felt like that fleshed out in my Twitter poll and kind of, kind of, you know, confirmed what I thought. So it was just kind of so re- a bit of an outlier in not liking it. Yeah. And, and that's because it was probably a bit outside of your wheelhouse and you wanted to watch it to see what you thought about it. That, yeah. That was pretty much everybody who didn't like it, what they said. You know, it's like they, they wanted to have their own opinion on it. And so they gave it a shot. And even then, yeah. like, I don't, I know you didn't go on Twitter and like, yo, this is garbage. Everybody who likes this is a moron. You know, no, um, I, I actually tried to do the opposite. I tried to understand, well, in what ways is this movie really appealing? And in what ways could somebody like this? And, yeah. and try to understand how, well, I don't like it because it doesn't do the things that I'm looking for in a movie, but it does do these other things really well that other people probably are looking for in a movie yeah so, some of the, yeah. the like i didn't like it comments were also like i didn't really like it but uh, there was some cool slow-mo crap in there you know <laughs> well yeah <laughs> there was a lot of slow-mo crap in there <laughs> i'm outside it's beautiful out i'm in my robe and i'm actually getting hot this is great well well, well don't take off the robe i don't want to know <sighs> what's underneath the robe <laughs> 
Uh, you haven't lived till you've taken off the robe outside. I can hear the pleasant spring sounds of Maine in the background. Yeah, and I situated myself differently so we don't get the pleasant sound of a light breeze against the microphone the whole time. Oh, excellent. All right. I like this. Just get the birds tweeting. My little dog is hanging out with me, although she's just always nervous of doing something wrong. So, like, every time you look at her, she's like, what am I doing? I'm sorry. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right, so we're going to talk about Vertigo Comics some, because uh, we both, before we started this podcast, we were both saying that we've hardly been reading comics lately. We've both been very busy, and I just thought, well, there's one thing that I started reading, and it, it's, at this point, it's still a reread for me, because I'd read a little bit of it before, and that's 100 Bullets. It's a Vertigo book, and I just got to thinking, like, we keep on touching on these different Vertigo books that either we're interested in checking out um, or that we particularly like. And it seems like a lot of the ones that we're interested in come from this kind of little era, post-Sandman, around Preacher, and then, like, kind of once you get past that era, the, like, Vertigo books weren't quite, like, you didn't have that pocket of these books that all just kind of seem interesting to you and I. So we had the idea of of going through some of the top Vertigo books and, and kind of touching on them and, you know, saying, okay, did we read these? Did we like it? Did we not like it? Whatever. Yeah, so with some Google Foo, we have found ourselves at Ranker.com, which is a very scientific website, I believe. The top 52 Vertigo series ranked. And I think that we're going to march through them in reverse order because it's kind of obvious, I think, what's going to be like one, two, three, four, five. It's always be... exciting to get the reveal. Like, you got to go from bottom to top, because if you're like, number one is, everybody's already like, okay, that's what I thought, I'm done. Or, no, that's not what I wanted, this list is garbage. Well, it, it's also because it's it starts with such big heavy hitters that it's kind of hard to say a lot about them, I think, because, I mean, we're, we're doing a, a 10 or 12 part series on Sandman in these, right? So I, I don't think we're going to have a whole lot to say when it comes to Sandman other than like, yep. Yeah, <laughs> so, exactly. Yeah. So number 52, without further ado, is a book. So, oh. so I guess actually, before I guess we jump more into to it, you will hear, here's, here's the things I'm interested in. Okay. First, ha- have we read it? Second, do we want to read it? And then third, after reading some of the description or talking about it, does that change our mind about wanting to read it? And fourth, did we purchase it out of a quarter bin at our comic shop and try to read it and not want to? Oh, that sounds like it's based on a very specific experience (laughs) there, Paul. (laughs) Speaking of which, number 52. Okay. Is is that that comic book. I actually bought this. uh, They had the whole run. So the comic shop that I had locally... They opened with, like, a purchase collection, and a lot of it was kind of around the same era of time, and there was a lot of 90s Vertigo stuff. And after a while, his dollar bins were constantly on sale for 75% off because he needed to clear out all this back stock of comics because he was getting new comics in weekly. He was, you know, purchasing uh, better collections of comics. So, like, he was trying to clear out this body of stuff. And so no, book number 52 is a book called Testament. Uh, it is by Douglas Rushkoff and art by Liam Sharp. I'm assuming that's how they have this laid out. And yeah, I got it. I kind of tried to read it a little bit. Like, I, I want to say it was like 12 issues or something. It's like anytime I'm like, oh, look, the whole run. I can get this and read it. It'll be so good. And then I try to read it. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's right. I don't like everything. So 
the little description here is that it focuses on how history repeats itself by taking place both in the biblical past and the near future. I just, I tried and I didn't like it. I haven't even heard of this one. Yeah, I never would have heard of it. Like, I'm surprised it's even on the list because it, it, it wasn't particularly good. Like, nothing stood well, out to me about it. Well, it is last on the list. Yeah. Are there only All 52 right. Vertigo books in existence? <laughs> I, I guess so. Huh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Zine. All right. Next one. You can go. American Virgin is next. This is by uh, Steven Siegel and Becky Cloonan. Adam is a teenager who also happens to be a born-again Christian preacher. Throughout the series, he struggles with sexuality and faith. I haven't read this one, though I think I may have the first trait of it and never read it. I remember this being out and kind of making a bit of a splash at the time when it came out, but that's about it. Yeah, I don't have anything to say about it. I vaguely know the name. Um, Becky Cloonan recommended a, a manga on Twitter that I might pick up. That's like the extent of my connection with this book right now. <laughs> okay, all right. Number 50. Go for it. Codename Knockout by Robert Rohde and Louis Small Jr. Uh, Angela St. Grace is an agent of G-O-O-D. She must fight off the forces of E-V-I-L with the aid of her partner. Go, go, fiasco. I think this seems to explain exactly the type of book this is. Yeah. I haven't read it. If I was in the mood for an Austin Powers knockoff, which is itself a knockoff, so we're talking of like a knockoff of a knockoff, then sure, maybe I'd give it a shot. This looks like hot girl action book. Yep. Yeah, I had no interest. Next. Okay, next up is Bite Club by Howard Chaikin. I also think, looking at this list, that the first 10 or 15 or so are going to go by really quickly because most of them I haven't read. Yeah, I'm curious. You know one of our listeners is like, I love Bike Club, how dare you? Uh, yeah, so if we're breezing by something, it just means we haven't read it, basically. Yeah. This is a by, It's basically a Howard Chaikin book. Eduardo del Toro is murdered, and his relatives all vie to fill in the power vacuum. Unfortunately for all of them, Leto has been named successor and wants to turn their criminal empire into a legitimate business. I'm sure it's just a chaikin Orama. Yeah, I only kind of know Howard Chaikin. I know his name uh, from him making news with the recent book. I don't know. He uh, He's somebody that is... Like, has a big place in comics. Like, he's been influential, but I, I don't really know him. I have American Flag, and I've read most of it, but that's about it. Yeah, I think I, I I came across that somehow, and I don't remember how or why, and I tried to read a little bit of it. It's like, eh. Speaking of Howard Chaikin, next is uh, American Century by Howard Chaikin. An American pilot fakes his death and ends up on the run in the 1950s. He makes a new life for himself in Central America, where he ends up being blackmailed to assassinate an opponent of the CIA. So Control-C, my comments from 30 seconds ago, and Control-V, them right here. Yeah, that works for me. I haven't read that one. Uh, Yeah, we're going to go a while before we actually hit one we read, I think. Yeah, and I want to go kind of fast because, I mean, we have 52 of these, so that's like a minute each at normal podcast length. Next up, Air by G. Willow Wilson and M.K. Perker. Blythe is invited to join the Etesian Front. However, she ends up being tricked into transporting supplies necessary for a terrorist attack, which leads to her inevitable kidnapping. No idea from that. I've, I haven't read this. That seems like such a vague thing that maybe it's great. I have no idea. Yeah, the descriptions all sound like the same generic action pretty much so far. Uh, so no comments on that one for me. I don't, don't know anything about it. 
Uh, next is House of Secrets by Steven Seagal or Siegel again. It'd be better with Steven Seagal. Write a bunch of uh, yes. comic books. We never knew it. Uh, art by Teddy Christensen. Rain Harper meets a young girl who invites him to stay at her house, which turns out to be the House of Secrets. Rain encounters an otherworldly entity and ends up being a witness to a bizarre trial. Hmm. Next. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Your turn. Next is Spaceman by Brian Azzarello and Eduardo Riso. So based on that team, sounds awesome. Yeah. Spaceman is set in a post-apocalyptic future. Orson is a genetically engineered being from NASA who lives alone on Earth until he finds himself in the middle of a celebrity child kidnapping case. I would read that just based off of the creative team alone. Brian Azzarello is the writer of the the Vertigo book that I'm currently reading that made me think of doing this. So, yeah, I yeah. Th- that's one I would check out just on a whim. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so yeah, I haven't read it, but uh, at least interest there. Now, the next one is one that I think is actually really good. It's Northlanders by Brian Wood. Uh, Northlanders follows a series of arcs all focused on Vikings. In the first arc, Sven, a self-exiled Viking, returns home to claim his rightful inheritance. I've read Northlanders. I've read all of it, and I think it's a very good book. I remember when it came out and it making some splash and people talking about it as a very good book, but I just it, I missed it. Yeah, I read it because he was doing Sword Daughter. You know that that got recommended to me just based on the kind of you know I'm into like samurai stuff and stuff like that. So like it's not exactly samurai stuff, but kind of has some relation. It was it was pretty good, and then so I checked this out and I read it all and liked it a lot. I read some other Brian Wood stuff that I liked, and then he's one of those that uh, got me tooed. And I like I don't know. It just kind of put, put me in the position where I, it's like I I don't like his work enough to be like, well, I can't really like disregard this past work. So I'm kind of like in the wind with his stuff. Like I don't really care about checking it out anymore because of that. I guess. Mm-hmm. But I did read Northlanders and it was good. Next is House of Whispers by Nalo Hopkinson and Dominique Stanton. It's the it's a giant party from another realm. As Ruli finds four girls on a magical journey, but I, I haven't read it. I guess not too interested. Yeah, I mean, if we didn't read House of Secrets, why would we read House of Whispers? Yeah, forty two is Hex Wives. Ben Blacker and Mirka Andolfo. For centuries, a war has been raging between a group of males known as the Architects and a coven of reincarnating witches. Although the witches seem to win the battle, Isadora begins to question her new idyllic life. I haven't even heard of this one before now. Yeah, it's funny how many of these books just, like, you read the description, like, that sounds like generic Vertigo. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Next up is Kid Eternity by Otto Binder and Sheldon Moldoff, and it's a superhero within DC's continuity, and blah, blah, blah. I've never really read any Kid Eternity. I'm, I'm curious, because this is one where it seems like they took a DC character and Vertigoed them, similar to, like, Animal Man or Swamp Thing. Yeah. I, I don't know I anything about this. This, one. Um, this is one I would read just to find out what it is. Yeah, I'm in the same boat. It's uh, it's it's vaguely interesting, but it's the kind of thing you could be like, oh, let's see what this is. Then you start reading, and you're like, nope, nope, not interesting. Mm-hmm. Or it could be like, oh, man, this is something really great. The next yeah. one up, I think, is uh, going to get a little bit So like bit anything. More. <laughs> 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 oh, that's vertigo for you. Next one is uh, Ferris by Bill Willingham. Uh, Ferris is a spinoff of Fables. It follows the adventures and lives of the women of Fable Town, with each arc focusing on a different heroine. I think I have all this, but I haven't read it yet, because I have all of the Fables trades, and I know that we're going to get to that higher up in this list. 
Yeah. And I'm a fan of fables, and uh, this is something that I want to read eventually. I've read a little bit of Ferris. Um, back before we moved to Maine and had a kid, uh, my wife started dabbling in comics a little bit when I did. Um, you know, like we were basically getting trades. Like that's when I was getting Sandman, and she was getting fables. And when Ferris came out new, and I guess that might have been after we moved to Maine because I wasn't getting like floppies in California, but... When it came out, I, I grabbed her issues for a little bit, and then she just kind of, it was it, for one that wasn't her way to go about reading comics. Like she'd rather like have a whole collection to read rather than issue by issue. Uh, but two, mm-hmm. just like comics aren't particularly her thing, so it has to. She has to be in the mood and it has to grab her attention and everything. So kind of kind of faded off, but pretty much if you like fables, Ferris is just more, you know. So like uh, you kind of know where you're at with that. Yeah. Next up is Saucer Country by Paul Cornell and Ryan Kelly. Arcadia is the governor of New Mexico and frontrunner to be the next president of the United States. One night, she's abducted by aliens and must solve the mystery of extraterrestrial life while juggling her campaign. Okay, the first sentence, I was like, yeah, okay, whatever. The second sentence, I was like, whoa, okay, maybe. (laughs) So (laughs) it starts off like, all right politics whatever blah blah blah. whoa aliens and mysteries extraterrestrials that sounds cool so i would check this out it's kind of funny because like a lot of vertigo books feel like okay we want to make a book about being abducted by an alien how can we make this convoluted (laughs) and they add a whole (laughs) nother layer of stuff that's not necessary Um, yeah like we'll get to another book later that it has it has some convolution itself but i would argue it um it keeps the basics simple and adds the the details to the side and this one sounds like it's making just the central character a little bit too complicated interesting enough that if i came across it i would give it a shot yeah me too all right next is young liars by david lapham i've heard of that guy a group mm-hmm. of twenty-somethings live in modern-day New York City. They all have disturbing secrets they keep from one another, and even the reader will question what is real. Well, of course, the reader will. We're reading a work of fiction. <laughs> but you'll wonder: is it real within the fiction of the story? I have read some of this. This came out right around when uh, Valiant was thinking about relaunching. Right around the original hardcovers. And David Laffam is a legendary OG classic Valiant creator because he drew Harbinger. So he is very highly respected among old classic Valiant fans for that. So Young Liars came out, and I think everybody wanted to give it a shot because, hey, there's more David Laffam. It was was fun. It was good. Very, like, rock and roll based, which I liked. I think I've read, like, half of it and need to finish the other half. It's one I would give a shot, uh, just based on... Uh, is, is David Laffham, like, the PH makes enough sound? Yes, that's my understanding. All right, that works for me. I never knew. Okay. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I would check it out just based on him. Like, I I read, you know, the, the original Valiant stuff that he did, um, like, based on who he is. Like, he did Stray Bullets, which I know a lot of people say good things about. And I actually have that all digitally from a Humble Bundle and still haven't read it, but... Yeah, I mean, he just like with Bad Idea, he's uh, doing the art for Hero Trade, right? So, like, yep, there's enough stuff that he's done that, like, oh, yeah, that's that guy that I would uh, check it out. All right, next up is The Losers by Andy Diggle and Jock. They're a special forces team that work within the CIA. After being betrayed by their leader, they seek revenge and uncover plenty of devastating secrets along the way. I love devastating that, secrets. That's the best kind of secret. That seems like a... It's all in the execution type story. Yeah, if it, because the <laughs> yeah the description sounds like 
generic spy action thriller. You know what's funny is like I would rather have a, a generic spy action thriller than a convoluted spy action thriller that like gets lost in the details because they're trying to be something better than what it is. Because this... and also they're abducted by aliens. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> She's going to be the next president of the United States. And, you know, yeah, this one, it's like, it's either going to be good or not. And you're going to know right away because, yeah. you know, but you, know, you need some of those books that are just stupid fun, too. So uh, this one sounds like it could be that. And Jock, I'm pretty sure, is a pretty good artist. And Andy Diggle, I know his name from doing other stuff. So that's one that uh, if it you know came across my path, I would at least take a glance at it. All right. The next one is a creator that I would check out just based on their name, for sure. Uh, Dead Enders by Ed Brubaker. Uh, I'm assuming that somebody else does the art, because I don't think Ed Brubaker does art, and uh, they didn't yeah, listen to anybody. Yeah. But So, New Bethlehem suffers from segregation. The suburbs are riddled with crime, and Bartholomew has visions of a land outside of New Bethlehem. He teams up with a woman who shares these visions, and they encounter a resistance group looking to free the citizens of an unjust regime. Ed Brubaker is one of the those writers where he's done enough stuff that like has been so good in my book that I'll take a shot at anything. But then probably half the stuff I take a shot on, I'm just like, eh, not interested. But I'll, it's worth taking a shot on. Same. Okay, so that means next is Vinyl Underground by Cy Spencer and Simon Gain. Morrison Shepard is a former DJ fresh out of prison. He's accompanied by a troop of friends who help him solve crimes before the police. This sounds like exactly similar thoughts to the losers it's just like hey if it's executed cool oh cool but who knows they lost me with the name of the character morrison you're already putting too much thought into details like we have (laughs) we have to make this name as convoluted as possible okay i i think that one would have turned me off with the description just like based on subconscious factors gotcha net oh next is the unknown soldier uh but this is uh the robert Kaniger, Joe Kubert, Kubert, how do you say his name? Yeah, and this is, I think, a, a mistake because the other one is probably more deserving. But I can't tell by the picture. Like, I wonder if they might have actually just uh, credited this wrong too. Yeah, who knows? It it gets confusing. Anyway, I'm going to instead talk about the Josh Dysart unknown, which is really good. And I've actually, I, I'm real tempted to pick that up again. I had the trades of it and then I passed them on. Cause it's like most of the time I read something, I'm like, okay, let's, let's get, let somebody else read this. And I find somebody to, you know, trade with, sell it to, give it to whatever. And I kind of wish I held on to those and I'm kind of starting to look around for picking them up again. It's uh, high quality, very high quality. Yeah. I would, uh, Josh Dysart, unknown soldier, definitely check out and, just based on reading dice arts, I haven't read any of the other ones. Like I would say the other stuff is probably worth a shot if you come across it too, just based on what it is. Okay, next up, Madam Xanadu by David Michelini and Val Mayerick. And this is a Vertigo series of Madam Xanadu. And I guess that's about it. I remember when this came out, and I think I even maybe got the first trade of it because I was interested in some Madam Xanadu stories. And they were good. Yeah, I don't really know who she is, so I probably wouldn't just based off I don't know that who she is. All right, 32 is American Carnage by Brian Hill and Leandro Fernandez. Richard Wright, a disgraced FBI agent, has a shot at redemption. His old mentor gives him a chance to infiltrate a white supremacist group who believes he's responsible for the death of a fellow agent. I feel like this is, again, very similar to, like, Saucer Country or the that Loser's or you know that sort of thing like could be cool but 
Not really sure. Yeah, and this sounds a little more straightforward. Like, it doesn't have, like, it's an FBI agent that has a shot of redemption. Like, everything here sounds like a typical story, not weird. You know, Andy has a prosthetic leg that uh, is infested with, uh, you know. Yeah, so Andy has no shadow. Yeah, that's like the kind of book that I would have to stumble across it at the right time and be like, oh, what's this? Oh, yeah, I want to read this. Um, But it wouldn't be something that I would, like, see, you know, on the bookshelf in the, the comic shop and... And go like, oh, yeah, I got to get this. I probably have seen this on the shelf at the comic shop and have never thought, oh, yeah, I got to get this. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I I feel like the first half of this lift is going to be a lot like that. The second half is going to be a lot different, I think. A few bits of gold, though. Yeah. So next up, High Level by Rob Sheridan and Barnaby Begenda. Centuries after civilization was wiped out and humanity had to rebuild itself, a lone smuggler travels through a new continent to deliver the Messiah to the High Level. Can she deliver the baby in time? Kind of sounds interesting. Kind of reminds me, in a way, of Grendel Warchild. Yeah, I kind of fell asleep in the middle of the description. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, that's another one of those. Just feels like it's a little too convoluted of a description. Like I would have like some books. You you look at them. You're like, oh man, this looks good, just art wise, you know. But then sometimes the description gets. I don't know. I that that one lost me with the description. I can get into those wanderer in a post-apocalyptic wasteland type stories. Sometimes I really dig those. Yeah. Number 30 is Crossing Midnight by Mike Carey. Uh, Kai and Toshi are twins born on both sides of midnight. As they grow older, they discover they are invulnerable to injury, and they soon discover a magical realm. I don't feel like I have a lot to say about this one. Yeah, me neither. Moving on. Okay, next up is The Exterminators by Simon Oliver and Tony Moore. Henry and AJ work for an extermination company. AJ ends up overdosing on Draxx, the substance they use to kill bugs, and they soon discover the chemical has a strange effect on the bugs, too. That's kind of an interesting premise, but I, I don't feel like I need to rush out and get it. That could be one of those books that like hits you at the right time and is weird enough that it's just great, like uh, Six Gun Gorilla, where you're like, wait, this, this book's about a gorilla... With six guns. All right, I'm good. Like, <laughs> you know, this book is about a bugs that uh, whatever weird thing happens to. Like, it could just draw you right in just from the random silliness of it. Um, yeah, that, that one could be interesting. Or it also could just, you look at it and be like, mm, no, okay. Next one, 28. I, Zombie by Mike Allred. Uh, sounds familiar. This is actually, I, I do want to say, this is by Mike Allred and Chris Roberson. Okay. This know. is a, a little, and I, I'm gonna I I make that distinction for an important reason, which I'll get to in a second. Okay, so Gwen comes across as a normal girl, but she's actually a zombie. She eats the brains of the recently deceased and gains their memories using this power. She's able to solve crimes no one else would be able to. I love this series. It that description sounds pretty cheesy, but the book is amazing. I think it's fantastic, and. It's I mentioned is written by Chris Roberson and I feel like he's something he or he is a writer where anything he writes I will try out just on his name alone. Okay. I think that he is very underrated as a writer, but he, everything I have read by him I have been blown away by because it's always been way better than I expected it to be. Nice. Yeah, I Zombie is one of those that has always been somewhat on my radar just because it's a the CW series, you know, and, and so it it just was like kind of known. I'm not typically drawn into zombie stuff, but that, you know, there's always exceptions. So like this, I think I always just got lost in the mix of I don't care about zombie stuff when there was a lot of zombie stuff around. 
but yeah, I mean, based on your recommendation right there, if I came across, uh, you know, the first trade for cheap or something like that, I would grab it just to give it a shot. I would recommend this very highly. I, w- I, w- I don't think I'd give it highest recommendation because it, there is going to be a little, is it for you or is it not for you? But this is definitely for me. The writing is great. I love Mike Allred's art. So yeah, yes, I am on board. Okay, next is DMZ by Brian Wood and Ricardo Bercielli. DMZ takes place during the Second American Civil War. Manhattan has become a demilitarized zone where the free states of America face off against the rest of the country. I have read some of this, and I have just about all of it. And it was enjoyable, but it didn't ever really draw me in incredibly yeah i've read the first uh trade or two a couple of times it it just like it starts out you're like man this is good but then it doesn't really go anywhere enough and it starts to feel tedious to me yeah that's a good way to put it and i think part I of think it I is the same like way. the artwork is good but when the story's not going anywhere enough the artwork starts to get tiring because it's just like so gritty like you need the the story and the characters to draw you in and then it like rubs you up against that rough artwork and mm-hmm. it's just like you don't get drawn in by the characters at all. And I just feel like there's like a lot of good pieces, but it just doesn't quite click enough to, you know, make you want to keep going on it. And I know some people love this book. I know I've, I've known people who like this is one of their, their top things. Um, mm-hmm. So I think like there's some, some really strong pieces there, but there has to be that element of it that, that resonates with what you want in a comic. And it's like it's almost there for me. And then kind of once again, the Brian Wood thing, like I, I kept on trying to put to push into it. And then when I was like, OK, it sounds like this guy's, you know, not the greatest character. I was kind of like, I, I don't I'm not going to keep trying on it. Yeah. Number 26, House of Mystery. Man, we got a lot of houses around here. House of yes, Secrets. Yes, there sure are. House of uh, so House of Mystery. Lila Sturgis and Bill Willingham. Kane returns to the House of Mystery, only to find that it has disappeared. Years later, an architecture student unwittingly makes her way to the House of Mystery, where she runs from room to room to escape a frightening pair. I think also just copy my comments on the other house books and paste them right here. It sounds a little bit more interesting. I okay. Like I, this one, the description sounds a little bit more interesting to me. Like somebody's stuck in the House of Mystery. Like it sounds like a more confined story. Like little less convoluted. It's just like, hey, this is a creepy house and you're stuck. All right, next one. Okay. Creepy house. <laughs> like our podcast. <laughs> All right. Loveless by Brian Azzarello. And who knows who the artistic team is. It, But Wes Cutter returns home after suffering the defeat of the South during the Civil War. He becomes a sheriff of Blackwater where he must fight against Yankee Doodle Dandies invading his town. And the That description doesn't leave me wanting to read more yeah i don't need the Brian description as Arez- yeah. maybe does but the writer and uh, the and the cover of the book with that uh you know cowboy with the the gun drawn i would pick it up based on that yeah like that that i'm like all right i'll check this out i don't need the description and that's where descriptions can screw stuff up sometimes like just shut up and you know <laughs> well yeah like with the i zombie book right yeah uh, the, if, i think reading that description i would be like oh oh i'm definitely passing on this in descriptions written for stuff like this always have a tone that is just lame like yeah you know uh-huh. it's uh yeah it just you know it's like you know how um movie previews you get the action movie you always get that movie guy voice you know that like makes it sound cool this is like in that world. yeah this is like that consistent delivery but with the lamest tone you can have yeah yeah 
and they find love. But yeah, I, I would check that out based on Brian Azzarello in the cover. Next up is Books of Magic by Cat Howard and Tom Fowler. This is one of the Sandman Universe spinoff books. Um, I'm tired of reading the descriptions because they're lame, so I'm not going to read this one. Uh, Tom Fowler's art is awesome. Uh, I actually did check out a little bit of this book when it first came out, and then I just I didn't really keep up with anything. Um, but basically, if you love Sandman and you want to explore that world some more, they did a series of books that were done by other creators that were, you know, branching out in that universe. So if you want that this book is for you i've always wanted to read the original books of magic series which was kind of like a pre-vertigo vertigo like title okay i don't know much about yeah. that that's interesting yeah i think i forgot now i i don't want to misspeak but yeah anyway that's on my list of things to check out all right next death the time of your life this was the second death mini series that came out i haven't read this one and I want to eventually. I'm hoping to get the Death Absolute Edition, and then I'll reread the orig- the first series and this one. Absolutely. <laughs> See what I did there? <laughs> yeah, yeah um, I do. <laughs> so I actually haven't read any of the Death books, but I do have um, some sort of collection of the Death comics uh, on Comixology, uh, and I want to read it. I just have, it's like one of those things, like I literally bought it years ago at this point. I just still haven't read it. But you know I love Sandman. I think what'll happen is yeah. once I work through Sandman again, uh, I'll or honestly maybe in between because I'm I'm pacing myself with Sandman because I'm waiting for the deluxe hardcovers to come out and they're not like you know sometimes they re-release something and like every month or two the next volume comes out. They're spreading this out more than that. Um, mm, so I think it's okay. like maybe two or three volumes a year. Um, but yeah, so I might slip Death in there somewhere. Uh, but Neil Gaiman, you can't go wrong with anything that he does and. If you like him, you know you're good. If you like Sandman, you know Death is going to you know, be up there if he's writing it. So that's one that I definitely at some point will be reading. I've read the first one, and you could just call it three random issues of Sandman, and it would seem appropriate. Yeah, so it's basically yeah. issues of Sandman that are focused on his sister. Yeah. Number 22 is Black Orchid by Sheldon Mayer and Tony DeZuniga. Forest superheroines have taken on the moniker of Black Orchid over the years. With the powers of strength, flight, and disguise, she fights the bad guys in thrilling fashion. Seems like this is a book based off of some history, maybe? Uh, well, it's a historical character. Yeah. I mean, Black Orchid is... there. There's a past to it. I've read the first Black Orchid series that was a Vertigo title, which was by Neil Gaiman and Dave McKean, and that is a great book. If for nothing else, the Dave McKean artwork, it's like the fully art uh, painted yeah. style of artwork, really, really fantastic. So I knew I that one that I would somewhere. recommend, but I don't know about this one. You know, sometimes I wonder what this list too is if they, they are picking other random volumes. Other you know, Like people are just like, well, I, I love the Neil Gaiman and Black Orchid, but it's not on the list, so I'm just going to vote for this one. I don't know. Maybe, yeah. So check out the Neil Gaiman and Black Orchid. There you go. Yes. Next one. Okay, next up is Dead Man by Bruce Jones. Brandon Case dies in a plane crash, but he refuses to accept death. He comes back to Earth in the form of Half-Life so that he can save an unborn child from possession. The series is loosely based on the DC series of the same name. Hmm. So this is kind of, it seems like a just a vertigo take on the classic DC character of Dead Man. Yeah, it probably allows it to be a little bit edgier. Yeah. This is one of those characters that's weird enough that you're always like, this is weird. Maybe I'll check this out because it's weird. Yeah, that's about it. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. 
What do you do? Is do you have anything to say about this one? No, nope. I'm ready to move on. All right, twenty. It seems like some more recent books might be getting bumped further up this list just because there's more people to vote for them. Uh, the mm-hmm. Dreaming by Cy Spurrier and Bilquis Everly or Ev- Evely. Sorry, this is another Sandman Universe spinoff. Um, Cy Spurrier, like this one, caught my eye a little bit because Cy Spurrier wrote Six Gun Gorilla, and that was very enjoyable. So, like, whenever his name is on something, it's not like he's one of those like he's so great. I got to check out everything he does. But just he kind of rubs me the right way at the right time that if I see his name, I kind of, you know, give a little bit more of a look to the the thing. But this is just another one that if you, you know, want more of the Sandman universe, check it out. Yeah. Speaking of more Sandman universe in a very extremely loose way, kind of in title only, is Sandman Mystery Theater by Matt Wagner. And it is, this was a Vertigo series take on the classic golden age character of sandman the the gas mask and sleep gun shooting guy you know is so it's set in the 30s i've never read this one i've heard it's very good though i know people who love it i've read some of it digitally and it was good but i feel like this is the kind of book i need to pick up a physical copy of to really enjoy uh some books it's like you just you kind of need that um to get more out of it and I think that at some point I'll start picking this up physically to read it. Matt Wagner is somebody who, like, I I know a lot of people highly regard his work, but I've never super gotten into it. Uh, like uh, Grendel, right? Um, mm-hmm. I, I've read some Grendel, but then I also like the, the volume of Grendel I read. I realized part of the reason that I was kind of turned off by it is it has to do with the publication history, which I'll talk about it another time. Um, okay. But yeah, so like, you know, Matt Wagner is interesting to me and somebody that I want to delve more into. I want to delve more into Sandman Mystery Theater based off of the recommendations I've gotten for it. Uh, so this is one I definitely will be digging more into at some point and is something that I would recommend if somebody was interested in it, go for it. Yeah, it's on my I'd like to read it someday list. The next one is a good one. Uh, Astrosity. Oh, yeah. Astro City. Uh, <laughs> <Astrosity>. <laughs> um, Astro City by uh, Kurt Busiek, art by Brent Anderson. I've n- I've never read all of Astro City. One of the things that drives me nuts is they like the volumes are just like named separately, and it makes it hard for me to remember where I left off. So I'm always like, damn it, where did I leave off? Because like I'll read Astro City for a while, and then I'll need a break from it because it's good, but it also is is very. Like, there's kind of so much to it that it's like, I, I don't feel like you can try to pound through the whole thing. Um, mm-hmm. But it's uh, a world of superheroes kind of looking at, uh, you know, what day-to-day life would be like. And I know another title that is, you know, getting, has gotten a lot of attention um, is, that is a terrible setup for this, The Boys. Like, The Boys is something that's popular. Like, they came out with the TV series, even before that it was popular. I detest the boys because I feel like it's super gratuitous um, and you know unnecessary. And I know people, you know, people like it, and that's fine that uh, they do. It's just like it's very much an example of something that is not for me. Yeah, it's nasty to be nasty, and I is what I seem like to me. I do not like that. It didn't take very much of me trying to read it to be like, no, this is absolutely not for me. Because like the very just very beginning of it is just like as miserable as can be. Astro City is like if you want some of that, um, you know, what would life be like for superheroes on a day to day basis without being just dwelling in garbage for nothing, you know? Yeah, I love Astro yeah, City. Yeah, it's it, I think and Astro the art's City fantastic is fantastic in it. Like it's it's a really mm-hmm. good book. 
yeah, I would put this, I would give it a high recommendation. Yeah, this is one that should probably be higher up this list, too. Yeah. Okay, next up is something that has got got a lot of attention when it was coming out, but I still haven't ever read it, and that is The Unwritten. And Tom Taylor has dreams of writing the next successful fantasy young adult franchise like Harry Potter. The series follows him as he deals with fame and concepts of celebrity. And it seems like it was kind of just a literary fantasy type of book one of these things where it's like he's his fiction becomes reality somehow or something like that i i don't exactly know but it's one of those i'd like to get to it someday and kind of see what the hubbub was all about yeah it seems like one of those that like in the place where we are where we haven't read it and not really you know enveloped in it is uh it could be one of those that you check out and you're like oh man check out this awesome thing i just found out you know Mm-hmm. Like you stumble across those books that you just like you totally missed on when they were coming out, and then you discover it, and this it's just this like totally different thing that you really enjoy. Could be that, or it could just be okay. I think that the next one on the list is gonna be that for me, but you can go ahead. The next, so the next one on the list is a, is a good one. Uh, Sweet Tooth by Jeff Lemire. So I guess I'll read the description because probably not everybody knows this. Um, Human-animal hybrids begin to appear all over the planet. Although Gus's father tries to protect him from the horrors of the outside world, Gus ends up going on one heck of an adventure. Well, golly gee swell. Yeah, it's funny because like, <laughs> yeah. it's not like they keep it clean in the book either. So it's kind of funny. They uh, Yeah, anyways. Uh, so this book, one of the things I think is cool about it is Jeff Lemire does the art also. Uh, so it's you know it's his style of art. It's his writing. It's like it's one of the things that's all his creations. And I feel like with Jeff Lemire, his best work is the stuff that's completely him. It's the, the creator-owned stuff. I'll pull back on that a little bit. It's not always the stuff that's just him. I think it's the creator-owned stuff. Early on, you saw that in the stuff that was just him, where he was doing the art yeah. and the writing. Yeah, I think that. Yeah. Um, and now with the the Black Camera universe, you're seeing him work with other people, but it's it's like him creating his world that he wants to create. He's had some other fantastic stuff like Descender, Ascender, but it's it's not the big two stuff. It's not when he's writing DC or Marvel. Like I, I feel like his Marvel stuff was completely forgettable. I feel like his DC stuff was a little bit better. But Sweet Tooth is just, like, really fresh and different and interesting. I will say that on trying to reread it, because it's one that on the first read, I was like, this is one of my favorite things ever, and it's always going to be. On the reread, I'm like, I I mean, I'm not saying I like, I think less of it on the reread, but I'm always like, I I don't really feel like reading this right now. And I kind of keep being there. And I think it's just because it's one of those stories that once you experience it, it's not like... um, you know I'm not much of a rereader, so it's always hard for me to yeah. reread anyways. And experiencing it, you feel so engulfed in it that it's not like you have missed opportunities that you go back and rediscover. Like, it's so well done uh, in the storytelling and everything that you don't go back and you're like, oh, I didn't catch this the first time. Because, like, you catch everything because they do such a good – yeah, Jeff Lemire does such a good job with it. So, um, Got it. Yeah, it's something that if, if you like Jeff Lemire – it's it's like you absolutely should read it just to, like it's one of those pieces of Jeff Lemire's art you know art that he's done that he like you have to read it if you're a fan like you really should have already by now this is one that I feel like is a big hole in my reading where I absolutely want to read this I think I have it digitally I bought it when it's on sale and I, I just haven't gotten to it yet yeah. but I absolutely intend to read this someday because I think just based off of Jeff Lemire I will like it quite a bit. Yeah. So, and it's one of those that, like, you you say, uh, you know, I'm gonna read this on this vacation. You just like you, you put your stake in the sand, 
and you'll have no problem doing it. It's it's not super short, but it's not so long that it's prohibitive. And when you get going, you'll be going. Like you won't have a problem keeping going on it. So you just like decide when you're going to do it, and you'll do it, and you won't have a problem with it. Okay, next up. Another one that I'd like to check out someday but haven't is American Vampire by Scott Snyder and Raphael Abakirki. Vampires exist. There are numerous species all over the world. This series follows Skinner Sweet, who discovers he is a new kind of vampire, one that is a vampire, vampire, he's a vampire that is impervious to sunlight. You said so many easy words so badly there. I... <laughs> you even stumbled on Albuquerque, succeed. which I know is like a, an unusual word when you look at it, but everybody knows how to say Albuquerque, Well, thanks to Bugs Bunny. But I, what I wasn't sure of is, is this guy's name actually Albuquerque, like the city, or is it something that is just resembles Albuquerque, right? Because most people don't have a last name that is this city. Like, there's not a lot of people like Frank Cincinnati, you know? <laughs> so, I, Meanwhile, I, I Frank was Cincinnati's thinking, listening like, hey. He's like, oh, yes, there is. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Frank. <laughs> I've heard great things about this and that it's a good, entertaining read. And I feel like this is one that I would read when i want something that is good and entertaining but i don't feel like it's on my must read pile yeah i i think it's one I, i've kind of tried to start it a couple of times um and like off the back of scott snyder writing it because obviously like by the time i checked it out he was very well known for doing batman and then uh rafael albuquerque like his art style is one like his his name is one that i had some familiarity with just from him doing stuff and you know catching his name over and over yeah, it's going to be one of those ones that, like, I'm just going to have to really be in the mood where, like, I want to read something and my mind is open to anything because I keep on trying it and just not getting sucked in. But I'm also not trying very hard, you know? It's, like, one of those kind of places. So it's one of those that's going to stay on, the like, the edge of my radar forever until just it has to be in the right place at the right time for me to read it, I think. Gotcha. Next. This is one. That, well, this is for you to <laughs> to do. I keep on forgetting. Uh, Doom Patrol by Arnold Drake and Bob Haney. What would happen if the Justice League was made up of a bunch of dysfunctional unknowns? In Doom Patrol, a group of misfits must band together to save the planet. I haven't read any Doom Patrol, but uh, it's like vaguely interesting to me. This one seems like another one that is mislabeled because Doom Patrol is famously written by Grant Morrison. Okay, yeah, and I think that this entry is intended to be the grant morrison doom patrol which i have read and is great it's fantastic it's weird and zany and just when you want bizarre surrealist superhero stories this is what you read now come on when i think surrealist grant morrison is not the first name i go to really he's like (laughs) crazy surreal I don't think you could read anything Grant Morrison and expect it not to be surreal and hard to follow and convoluted and crazy and all kinds of those things. Sure. Uh, he's a super interesting writer, but you gotta you got to have a taste for that and know that that's what you're getting. I feel like he's one of those writers that when he writes somebody like X-Men, you know, then X-Men fans read it and they're like, what the hell is this? It's like, you got to know. you got to know if it's Grant Morrison. Yeah. Next one is yours. So, uh, I want to – this is a, a side thing. This is kind of a weird – reality of our new world so grant morrison came out as nine bear non-binary oh yeah so he is a they that's yeah thanks for pointing that out yes just to be respectful of that yeah thank you yeah it's it's something that i'm still 
learning myself. So I like to point these things out just mostly for my own benefit yeah. so I can get used to Getting it. Getting familiar with with non-binary is like I'm I that is more in my world now like directly than it has been and it's something that I'm working hard to uh to get comfortable with where it doesn't take thought. So I definitely appreciate it. Yeah. I feel like I'm still in the place where it does take thought, but the way to get to the place where it doesn't take thought is to always correct myself. Yeah, exactly. All right. Yeah. Number 13. Okay. Number 13 is death. The high cost of living. Uh, this similar to, we talked about the time of your life. This one is great. I've read this multiple times. It's basically just three more issues of Sandman, but with, focusing on death rather than uh, Morpheus and is fantastic. Yeah. Just, it's just basically more Sandman is it's, it's great. Love it. Yeah. So don't need to say more about that. Like it's definitely a top notch book. Uh, Next one is Lucifer by Dan Waters and Max Fiumara. The devil vanished several years ago. While some people think he died, this comic book series dives into what really happened, which is that he's trapped in a bizarre, unusual prison. That's an awful description. Bizarre, unusual prison. And also, what like it makes it sound like, no, the devil really didn't die. This comic book is actually uh, true and telling you what happened. Like I don't like how that description was worded. However, uh, Lucifer is uh, is a well-known book. I haven't read it, but that that is one... Didn't they do, like, a TV series or something? Yeah, it says right there, Fox series. What's interesting about this, so what... There's been a couple Lucifer series, I think, and this one seems to be citing the more recent Sandman universe one, but I'm more familiar with one that was written by Mike Carey and ran for quite a while, and that followed up on the character of Lucifer from Sandman after he stopped being the Lord of Hell. Okay, awesome. Um, yeah, it seems like uh, this this website just like Googled it and used the first thing they found for... <laughs> that seems yeah. pretty, pretty... Cool. Who, who would base their creative work off of Google? I mean, come on. I know, right? <laughs> All right, we're we're nearing the top 10 and I think everything from here on out is going to be a heavy hitter. All right. Next up is The Invisibles, written by Grant Morrison, drawn by a number of people. This is one that I've started several times but have never finished and this is possibly the most surreal thing that Grant Morrison has ever written. Have you do you have any Invisibles experience? Not really. I feel like I might have like uh, dipped my toes, but not progressed in it. But it's one of those that I'm super interested in trying it out because it's Grant Morrison, uh, because it's the, like the most acclaimed thing that he did that wasn't like, uh, or sorry, that they did that wasn't um, like some other property or something like that. Yeah. You know, kind of like I said, Jeff Lemire, you got to read Sweet Tooth. I feel like in The Invisibles is the you got to read from Grant Morrison if you're a Grant Morrison fan. I feel like this is probably the most Grant Morrison thing that Grant Morrison has written. The the most like true to their self and who they are as a creator. So, yeah, I want to finish it someday and someday I will. I think I've gotten up through half or two thirds of it and it's, it's so dense. It's, it, it's a bit of work. I feel like to read it, but very interesting. Yeah, I feel like I'm getting to a different stage in my comic reading where, like, I might actually delve into some of this stuff at some point because I'm not chasing collecting anymore. I'm not like worried about keeping up with new books aside from like a very, very small segment of books. 
and stuff like that. Like, I, I'm definitely in a different place where I'm not, like, trying to chase what other people are reading so I can be part of the conversation. Like, I just, I don't care anymore. Um, yeah. So, I, like, I, and the stuff I've been buying recently has been, like, I just um, ordered, it hasn't been shipped yet, but I ordered um, the, the, like, the omnibuses of Fear Agent. Because I know I love yeah. it. I've read it twice, and like I want to have it and be able to read it again at my leisure. I've been buying the Sandman books, one of my favorite series. Um, so I've been like getting stuff like that. So I'm not like, oh, you know, I gotta find. I want something new, but I gotta find something that's new and unfamiliar. I'm like, I don't care if if it doesn't grab my attention on its own, then I'm not chasing it anymore. So now I'm getting to the point where like when I see something like The Invisibles, I'm like, you know, that's that's always been kind of interesting to me to check out. And I, I don't have that same burden, even though I have plenty of stuff to read already. But I don't have that same burden of like, oh, well, I can't get it because I have all this other stuff to read. Because I'm like, yeah, whatever. The other stuff, if I, you know, it's like kind of like the money's been spent. So if I don't ever get to it, it's kind of, you know, washed out now. So anyways, yeah. uh, I will check that out at some point. So next up is appropriate that you do this one because I think it's one of your favorite books. Really? You're being sarcastic. I'm <laughs> being sarcastic. <laughs> this is another one that I got. Like I got to give this uh, a fair shot. Um, Transmetropolitan, written by Warren Ellis, uh, art by Derek Robertson. Part of what drew me into this one is Derek Robertson did some Valiant art, right? Yeah. So I was like, I want to see what else this guy did. This was like the the most acclaimed thing that that he did, and like I don't think this is a bad comic by any means. What what struggles what, the struggle with me for this one is that. I've read a lot of Hunter S. Thompson, and this is like taking Hunter S. Thompson's vibe and making it into a comic book and making it um, like its own story, which I got to say, like there's been comics made of like Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas and stuff like that. I have no interest in checking those out. I've read the book. You know, I don't need a comic adaption adaptation of it. If Ralph Steadman was doing the art, it would be different, but like I don't need somebody else doing it. Did you start at the beginning and not get too far into it? I'm curious. I started at the beginning. I got a decent chunk into it, like it probably at least a trade. I probably got at least into the second trade of it, and then just kind of okay. killed off. Yeah, the, I feel like it gets a little more earnest as it goes on. Probably, and that's you know, with a lot of books like this, it's like the beginning is like it's trying to do all this like world building really quickly, so it doesn't really start to suck you into the characters and stuff until it gets deeper in. I feel like it's also it starts off a little more exaggerated and comical. There in terms go. of it like or exaggerated in terms of the the character the characters feel more of kind of like characters of who they should be and as the series develops i feel like it gets a little more earnest about who these characters are rather than being sort of a characters designed to be shocking or provoking yeah they really settle into being real characters on their own so and and that takes actually quite a little while i think it takes more than just the first two trades it takes up to like three four trades or so before it starts to feel a bit more earnest and its own thing rather than just a a bit of a, a ripoff set in the future yeah, and that, that definitely makes sense, and that gives me more faith in pushing into it further. Because um, mm-hmm. I, I think character is definitely a huge aspect of reading comics for me. So stuff that starts out like you're just saying, where like the the character is secondary to the other aspects of it, and then like the character starts coming later, like that that is commonly a hang up for me, where I don't get past that initial you know, the way they, they go about building. So yeah, uh, it's one I'll definitely dive back into. I know it's one that you are real excited about. Yeah, even I noticed that, though, uh, that the first several issues, the first handful of issues feel a little bit 
kind of like parody rather than its own thing. All right, next up is 100 Bullets by Brian Azzarello and Eduardo Rizzo. And it centers around the concept of whether people would kill given the right circumstances. The series follows Agent Graves as he finds people who have been horribly wronged and gives them a chance to enact revenge. I have never read this. And I know that it's one of those great classic Vertigo series, but it just somehow I never got to this. So this is another one on my, I want to read it someday, but just haven't. This is, um, you know, Transmetropolitan, this book, some of the other ones that we'll hit on shortly, um, excuse me, uh, I think are books that are kind of the epitome of, like, the prime of Vertigo. I, I think books like Sandman are actually, um, like, transcendent anomalies where Vertigo gave them the chance to be what they are, but they're not, they're like um, the absolute pinnacle of comics, period. And um, they just were on vertigo like that. That's where they got the chance to do what they did. But then there's this body of books that are excellent. And but they're like what vertigo was. And I think that 100 bullets is a good example of that I've only read a bit into it. I'm on my second time trying to give it a shot to read it. Um, I don't remember how much I read the first time. But it's uh, rather than following like one character the whole time, it's like a, an arc will follow a character and then the next one will be a different character. And this Agent Graves is kind of like the, the thread. And he's not the driving character. He's the one that just sets like kind of transitions you to the next story by setting up what's going on. Um, just like the first story, there's this young lady who uh, is caught up in gangs and stuff. She was in prison. She gets out. Her, I don't know if, if she was married, but her her man and her child were killed by rival gangs, supposedly. And you know, she gets out and she's like guilt ridden that it's um, that it's her fault, and this was like you know God enacting punishment on her for her sins. So it's interesting too because it also doesn't just like dive right into that dynamic of like I was wronged and I'm going to get revenge. Like she's conflicted and she feels like this was her fault and she deserves it. But Agent Graves goes and is like, hey, here's this gun. Here's 100 rounds of ammunition. Uh, it won't be traced back to you. You are, have, like, carte blanche to go and kill. And she, uh, he also feeds her some facts about what really happened. And there were cops that were behind it. Um, so the first story, like, I felt was really good. And then I, I was kind of surprised when it transitioned to a next story because I didn't really know what it was the first time that I read it. But it's... Like, it's a very Vertigo book, and uh, I think it's definitely worth checking out. I'm I'm kind of trying to read through it right now, but it's also the kind of thing where I might read it for a while and be like, all right, I'm done with this for a while, and then maybe I'll go back to it, maybe I won't. It's not like a building story where, like, you want to keep going because the story keeps going. It's a bunch of stories. Okay. And You're up the, next. The next one is Scalped by Jason Aram. Uh, now I can't say common words. Jason Aaron and uh, art by R.M. Guerra. Scalped is pretty interesting. Uh, I've read the beginning of it a couple of times, but I've never read all of it. It's another very Vertigo book, like has that real gritty feel. But because it's Vertigo, it holds back a little bit from some of the graphicness that you would see. Like, I mean, In it, the boys. It, yeah, if you're familiar with Jason Aaron, you know, um, oh gosh, now I'm going to blank on the book. Southern Bastards. Like some of his other books, like they're not on Vertigo, they're on like Image, where Image... Like, Vertigo goes, you know, much further than DC would. Like, you know, there's more graphic violence, there's profanity, there's nudity allowed in Vertigo. But then Image is just like, yeah, do whatever you want, you know? So, Scalped is like Jason Aaron with slight 
restrictions on on how far he can go, I guess. <laughs> I do have a friend that is one of his absolute favorite books, and it's a good one. I haven't read it, so I don't have too much to say about it. It's, again, I know another one, like you said, from that kind of heyday of Vertigo books when Vertigo was putting out a lot of really great stuff. Yeah. And I just somehow have never gotten around to it. Yeah. So it's another on my want to get to someday books. Yeah, this fits strongly in that vein. And that's why, like, there's all these Vertigo books that keep on drawing my interest back in. And but all the books are like they really feel like that epitome of what Vertigo was when it was like its thing, you know? Yeah. All right, next one. Okay, we're in the getting on the home stretch, so this is number seven. And this is one that is high on my list, and this is Animal Man by Grant Morrison, who really has had the most entries in this list so far, so they're killing it in in Vertigo. But this is one of those first vertigo titles i think actually this entire run wasn't a vertigo title uh vertigo didn't start until after grant morrison finished their run on animal man so this whole run is actually just a dc book proper and it didn't get folded up into vertigo until vertigo began quite a while after this run yeah the last issue of grant morrison's run is one of my favorite single issues of all time it's so weird and postmodern. I like this quite a bit. And Animal Man is one of those things that it's it's not a creation of Grant Morrison. It's um it was like its own character, right? Or at least it's continued yeah. on to. So it's a little bit different than uh, you know the Invisibles or something that is their creation. Jeff Lemire also had a run on Animal Man. I've read some of that and it was good. Um, so yeah, Animal Man is one of those characters like Swamp Thing on Vertigo that is its own character that different people get to write. So it kind of yeah. stands out as a little bit different than some of the like the just like creator. I don't know if they're creator owned, but like the you know the know unique yeah. creations by some creators, original creations. Yeah, yeah. I've never read uh, Morrison's Animal Man, but that's definitely something on my list to check out. It's twenty six issues and e- an easy read. One thing I'll say, uh, one of the ways that I like to read Vertigo is on Hoopla. So if you have a library card, check out HooplaDigital.com. And if your library subscribes to it, it's a digital uh, like library borrowing service. 99th episode brought yeah. to you by Hoopla. <laughs> but yeah, there are right. uh, tons of Vertigo on there. So like all this stuff that I've read is like uh, in at least in the last few years has been on Hoopla for free. So that is a way that I like to read things. Number six is one that you were fond uh, fond of, Fables by Bill Willingham. Yes, this is great. I think that the first half of the series is one of the best things I've ever read. It's up there as just one of my all-time favorite reads. The series changes a bit after the first half because the first half very much has this very driving narrative to it. And once it gets through that, it then kind of meanders for a while. That was my take on it. But really, really good, really compelling storytelling, really interesting, just, I think, uh, top-notch Vertigo series. Yeah. Um, Next up. Oh, right. So, yeah, I'm next. And this is another one that is going to be similar to Animal Man in terms of its its history. And this is Saga of the Swamp Thing, the Alan Moore run with Stephen Bizet on art. And this is one that, again, started not as a Vertigo book, just as a DC book. And then when Vertigo was launched, this was wrapped up into it. 
And this is another one that I really, really enjoy because it takes the character of Swamp Thing, who's kind of an unusual superhero, but it delves into the horror side of it, but also just the stories about humanity side of it as well. And I really enjoy this this whole Alan Moore Swamp Thing. So another one that I really like and is highly rated for me. Yeah, and looking at Swamp Thing as a whole also, I haven't read a ton of other Swamp Thing. And I've only read, I think, the first trade of Alan Moore's. It's one of those things that you know it's so good, you're like, oh, man, I'm totally going to read that second volume someday. But you just you always know it's there. You always know it's good. You know it's not going anywhere. So you keep on like, I don't need that right now. I don't need nah, that right uh, now. Uh, um, I need to just uh, – this is one I'll probably actually start picking up uh, physical copies of at some point because it's really good. So Swamp Thing is just based off of reading the first trade of Alan Moore's. It's a character that I like a lot. I also read um, Scott Snyder's Swamp Thing with uh, Yannick Paquette on art. And I actually have a print of the first cover of that up on my wall. The first and one of only two conventions I've ever been to, uh, Yannick was there. And um, I bought the the print from him, and I really love the art on it. Uh, I think he's a very good artist. But yeah, Swamp, like Swamp Thing as a whole, I think, is good. I can't speak to any other runs other than Alan Moore and Scott Snyder, but like they were both very good. So I think some of the entries on this list, like they give one entry to Swamp Thing. There probably could have been more. I mean, who knows? Maybe they actually rated Scott Snyder's higher, but that would be ridiculous. Yeah, it would be. <laughs> Number four is one that I liked a lot, Why the Last Man, uh, written by Brian K. Vaughn, art by Pia Guerra. Uh, and this is about... The last man on Earth. Yeah, like something happens and everybody with a Y chromosome suddenly dies off, and this dude named Yorick is the one exception, and he finds this monkey, or his monkey, I guess, is... is uh, also the exception and they they think the monkey might be why there's all this weird stuff i don't know very I, I really liked this book and i think this is one where like we talked about with transmetropolitan how it takes quite a while for them to get around to developing the characters this one i think part of the reason that i was able to dig into this so quickly is that i think it really starts off with the characters yeah, and it sure does. tells the story through that i've read all of why the last man uh, and i would read it again and it's it's rare that I finish something and I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'll be good to read that again next chance I get, kind of. Yeah, I feel the same way. I've read all of it. I would be happy to read it all again. I have never really read anything by Brian K. Vaughn that I don't like. Mm-hmm. So he's another one where I'll read something just on his name as a writer alone. And this, I think, is one of his really great works. And I would give this another high recommend. It's just really very good series. Yeah, what's uh, what's another example of something he's done? Like he's same thing with me, but he's also one of those that for some reason I'm always like, oh yeah, he did that. <laughs> Saga is the big thing. Uh, okay, uh, yeah. Other thing that he's done, he did a, a very short Logan three issue series that I really enjoy a lot. Is one of my favorite Wolverine stories. Also, nice. Yeah, yeah. Saga is one of those I've read a whole bunch of it, and I can never go back because I, I it's been too long and I can't remember it. Number three is help. Uh, go ahead. Yeah, it's mine. Yeah, Step off. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. Number three is Hellblazer. Alan Moore, Stephen Bizet, and a ton of other writers also. I think this is the longest running Vertigo title ever. I think this made it over 300 issues or something like that. And I have only read one of them, <laughs> I think. <laughs> so this is one where I know, yeah, that's great, but 
is just outside of my uh, reading experience. Yeah, I haven't really read it, but it's another one of those that kind of keeps staying on my radar. Uh, number two is uh, is Preacher. Uh, I don't like Preacher. Hmm. I've read some of it. I see what's good about it, but like the boys, uh, I feel like it gets way too you know negative, nasty, graphic, gratuitous. I just don't like it. Wow, interesting. I feel like this was nasty and gratuitous before people did nasty and gratuitous just to be nasty and gratuitous in a way. This is like the original, the OG nasty and gratuitous title. And in a way, I I give it a bit of a, a slip because of that. Maybe it's because it was the first I read like that. So it didn't seem like boys seems like something where it's nasty and gratuitous. That's the point of it. And Preacher seems like it's nasty and gratuitous because that's part of what it's trying to be. I don't know. I feel like it. there's a, a little more meat to Preacher beyond just being nasty and gratuitous. I also think the second trade paperback of this is one of the best volumes, collected volumes of comic books that there is. It's. I just think that that is a really, really great story. And... I think Preacher deserves this spot. I, I wouldn't. I, I've I've read. I think the equivalent of like maybe three. I might have got onto the fourth like trade paperback. The first time I read it was like a. You know how like Vertigo Image does this too. But like they start with like a trade paperback, and then the next collection is like two trades worth of material, and then the next time they collect it again, it's three trades worth of material. So mm. the first time I read Preacher, the volume was like the two trades worth of material size, and I read it all. Um, and then, like, I tried to get on to the next volume. I was like, no, this isn't for me. And then the, the next time I read it was a three-trade volume, and I read all of it and tried to get on to the next one. There's definitely, like, some of the, the storytelling and stuff is fantastic, but there's those elements that just keep killing it for me. And I think the last hmm. time I tried to read it, it gets onto like, a part of, like, gerbil sex, and I was like, no, I'm done. I, like... <laughs> okay. Yeah, I, I think it's been a while since I read this, so... I may respond to it differently now. I think when I first read this, it was around when it was coming out. And so the shockingness of it was still a very shocking thing to me Mm -hmm. and not like, oh, geez, this again. Yeah. And there's definitely different phases in your life where you're more open to things like that, you know, and I I'm definitely like I'm done with subjecting myself to stuff that is just so negative just because it's it's art, you know. So yeah, like I'm gotcha. just I'm I'm past that and I've tried I've tried Preacher a couple of times and I I've read a good enough chunk of it to know and I also know like it's good quality but it's not for me. Absolutely not for me. Well, something that is for you and is for everyone. Take us home, Paul. Number 1 is Sandman, the best Vertigo book ever. I love Sandman. It's very good. And see Sandman is one that there's stuff in it that pushes those boundaries. That's that's you know very graphic or violent or you know disturbing sometimes. But it's, I don't think it's ever gratuitous, and that's, like, the big difference for me. Like, Yeah, I think it when it does stuff that is nasty or disturbing, it does it because sometimes life is nasty and disturbing. And yeah. it's trying to capture that, not because it's trying to be like, look at this shocking thing. Have I shocked you? Yeah, yeah. exactly. And it doesn't, like, slap you in the face nonstop with it either. Like, when it happens, like, it's really driving home a point, and it, it hits you, you know. Um, but it doesn't, like... You know, it's not like uh, just beating you to death with it, basically, you know. This is one that I would say fits in my highest recommendation category if anyone hasn't read it for some reason. Yeah, and it's definitely, like, it's not for 100% of everybody, 
but it's for almost like almost everybody would like yeah if if you only like comic books because you're a fan of superhero stuff like if you if you come to comics because you like spider-man and the x-men or batman and superman then yeah this may not be for you but if you come to comics for other types of storytelling be beyond super heroics then yes this is absolutely for you yeah and this is probably a, the book that kind of spread the the boundaries of what horror i liked because before i used to always be like i just i don't like horror i hate horror but that was based a lot on the fact that like if you say horror movie what is it it's usually like the the gore fest nasty horror movies and i i hate those um yeah. this is probably one of the first things that started pushing those boundaries for me with horror where it would push me past my comfort level a little bit, but for good reason. And it opened me up more to um, to liking horror. Now I actually realize that I like horror quite a bit. I just don't like gore at all. Yeah, gotcha. All right, we did it. 52 Vertigo series talked about. Yeah, so if you have a Vertigo series that you love that we didn't mention... Let us know because we just took a random list off of Google to talk about. Yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> and you can let us know by finding us on Twitter. I'm at Bad Deacon and my friend Paul here is at Who's Paul. That's where I am. Yeah. You can find all other episodes wherever you found this one. So you know how to do the podcast thing. Just do more of it. And there we are. <laughs> all right. So that's going to wrap this one up. <laughs>